went to Hazelhurst, Georgia to see a man preach. You may have heard of this man by the name of Jerry Vines. Brother Jerry Vines preached over in Hazelhurst. And a little interesting story about that. When I was, uh, I got married in 1990, me and Stephanie, and uh, the Lord called me to preach around 91. And so I used to watch, we lived there in Hickox at that time, and I always watched First Baptist Church. Loved to watch it. Homer Lindsay and Jerry Vines. And, and so I decided to write a letter to Jerry Vines. Of course, I didn't know him. He didn't know me. So I sent a letter to him. And then about the next week, I went out there, and there was a letter back that he sent back from First Baptist in Jacksonville. And he sent me a nice letter and three books he sent me. So I thought that was real nice of him to do that. So last night, I mentioned that to him. And as he was sitting there, I said, I said, you, back in 1991, I wrote, you, you sent me three books. He said, I did. I said, yeah, you did. And so anyway, I talked with him. And, but he's always been a great inspiration to me because he preaches the Bible and he preaches the truth. We need more preachers that will stand up for the Word of God. Sometimes our younger generation kind of want to compromise the Scripture. But we don't need to do that. We need to preach the whole counsel of God. And he was very friendly. In fact, he walked there and talked to us and almost like directed right to we were sitting there. Uh, but I, we really enjoyed it. Uh, the, ser- the service of their brother Brad Waters is the pastor there, and he's a friend of mine. And just a good spirit there. You know, I used to think, and this is, this is kind of a judgmental thing on me. Sometimes I thought that maybe a big church didn't have the spirit. But big church can have the spirit much as a small church. It's according if we let the Lord work in our midst. It don't matter how many is here. What matters is we are uh, we that are here. Let him come down and have his way in our, in our service, in our midst. So it matters not how many people there. What matters is, is the spirit of the Lord. So let's look at 1 Peter chapter number 3. If you will stand together as we begin reading in verse 8. 1 Peter chapter number 3. We stand in honor of God's holy and inerrant and an all-powerful word of God. This book that we're reading from tonight is without error, without any need for a correction, but it's used to correct me and you tonight and help us. So let's look together. 1 Peter. Now this, this is scripture tonight. We read this. It's very powerful. We're going to talk about bearing witness to a witnessing world. You realize that the world is watching us, what we do and say? That the lost and dying world is watching me and you in the way that we do. So let's look at 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8. The Bible said, Finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love has brethren, be pitiful, be courteous, not rendering evil for evil, or railing for railing, but... Counterwise, blessing, knowing that ye are thereunto called, that ye shall inherit a blessing. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil, and his lips that they speak no guile. Let him instruct evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we're thankful tonight for the Word of God. We're thankful, God, for the opportunity to come and to share Uh, tonight about Jesus Christ and your word. We're thankful for every soul that's represented here tonight. We thank you for the young people and those who are working with them and those tonight. We ask that you would bless them. And we thank you for ones watching or whatever it may be tonight. But we thank you tonight that we have a hope found in Jesus Christ. Not a maybe so, but a no so hope. And Father, I pray tonight that you'll bless this scripture. Give us the words to speak. I pray that you would lead us, you would guide us, 
and you would direct us. I pray that I would speak the words, be pleased in your sight. We pray for those that are sick tonight. We pray for the Harper family. Continue to bless them and all those that stand in need of prayer. But Father, go with us tonight and lead and direct everything that's said and done. And we'll be careful to give you the praise and the honor and the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. If we look into the Word of God, as we look at t- tonight, um, this is kind of a checklist of maturity. Now, one thing I've learned as I started getting older, just because you are getting older don't mean that you, uh, you know, we think about growing older. But sometimes we don't act older, do we? That don't mean we have to act old because we grow old. But as Christians, we need to be mature in, in the Lord Jesus Christ. How do, we do, how do we get that way? By reading God's Word, by praying and seeking His face, by gathering together and worshiping the Lord together. I believe that we need to be mature Christians tonight. I believe that when the, when the seas of life come against us, we need to be able to stand firm in Christ Jesus. The question is not will we be tested, but when we're going to be tested. And we need to make sure. And let me say this, that we, we talk about witnessing. And, you know, the, the lost people are watching the church tonight. They're watching the people that come to God's house. They're watching the life that we live on, on our jobs. They're watching the life that we live down at the store, down at the ball field. When we go hunting or when you go wherever you may go, people are watching your life. But they're also watching to see how the church gets along. And to me, one of the great testimonies to Jesus Christ is a church that is in one mind and one accord, a church that is in harmony together. That don't mean we all like the same things. There's differences sometimes in what we like or dislike. But one thing we can agree on is who Jesus is, that he is Lord of all. He's the Savior of the world. So let's look tonight and the fact. And you know, it's kind of like we're a resident alien living in this world. You ever feel like an alien living in this world? This world is not our home. We're passing through. But you know what? What would happen if a spaceship was to land and an alien come to you and said, take me to your leader? Would you you point to Jesus Christ and say, he's the one I'm following. He's the leader of the church. He's the leader of my life. He's the leader of my home. So we need to look to him tonight. So let's look in this scripture as we look at some points I want to look at. The number one point that we want to look at is to be like-minded unity. Like-minded unity. Now, in verse number 8, we read that scripture. It says there in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8, it said, Finally, be ye all of one mind. Now, the question is, whose mind we're going to be like? <laughs> but we're going to have the mind of Christ. We've got to make sure that our mind's Him. We've got to be in harmony. I'm not, you know, to be in a harmony. And, I, and I'm going to show you something very interesting tonight. We've got to be together. We've got to be in harmony. And I'm, I'm going to show you something. And our guitar is a very interesting thing. It has, how many strings does a guitar have, by the way? Six, unless you play a five-string guitar. I broke, I broke it so many times string before that I don't even, sometimes I play with five. But I want to show you something very interesting about a guitar. Sounds pretty good, does it? Or how about this? Yeah, what I did is took one of these strings and put it out of tune, and it made everything else sound pretty bad. We as a church need to be in full harmony. Every member needs to be in harmony with one another and most importantly with Jesus Christ. Now it's got six strings, but one string can make it sound a whole lot worse. It's got to be what we call tune. And by the way, it's what we call standard tune. I'm going to keep that one up for me. It's a standard tune. You can just lay it over there. 
So the point is that to have music and have a good melody, it's got to be in tune. Some people will tune all night and never play. I'll play all night and never tune. Amen. That's how I do. But we've got to be in one mind and one accord, just like an instrument does, just like a piano, what it may be. And, and we can't get out of tune. If we get out of tune, we need to get back in tune. And we need to get in tune with one another. We need to be loving one another. I tell you, a church does, does not love one another, to me, does not really love Jesus Christ. Because he's the author and the finisher of our faith. He desires that we love one another. In fact, throughout Scripture, he forgave people and showed love to people throughout the Scriptures. He, even had, he, was, he was being crucified. So we've got to love. We've got to be in one mind. And just like singing, I'm not very much of a singer. you know. And by the way, I sing by letter. Some people are altos and sopranos and basses and tenor. I sing by letter. I rear back and let her fly. But once in a while, Arlene taught me, she's like, well, they sing alto and they sing soprano. And I'm like, well, it's a sing, you know, it's a sing. But what happens is people's voices blend together, and it sounds so beautiful, don't it? When people just blend together. Not singing alike, but they're singing together in harmony. How beautiful that is. That's the way the church should be. I'm glad you're not like me, and I'm glad I'm not like y'all. Amen. But I'm glad to know that we love Jesus Christ, and we're to be in harmony. And I'm going to show you something tonight. I'm going to show you something very interesting. I need some volunteers. I would call on people, but I want you to volunteer. i got a special project. I need about five good, good people to come. Well, good. I'm glad. Everybody run over one another now. Everybody don't run over. Everybody don't. And Kelly, since you come in, you have to join us right here. See, she come just right. Y'all come on. Come on. Come on, Arlene. Y'all come on. All right, here's, here's what we want to be like. Just like she's fitting to take up the offering or something. I don't know. Let's put that down right there. Okay, here's what we're going to do. The church needs to be like a bunch of geese. We're going to be, y'all going to be geese tonight. Y'all ready? I need one right here. All right, come here right here. Right, you be right here. Now I want y'all to make a V, a V. Like come this way and come that way. Make a V. No, a V, not an I, a V. To the side. Go a little bit to the side. All right, that's like a V. Y'all going to be a V. All right, here they are. Here they are. That's kind of a weird V, but y'all V. Here's these geese right here. They're flying. Y'all do your arms. Okay. Here's why. Now, this is true, by the way. By, I'm, I'm, what I'm telling you is the truth. The church needs to be like geese. Here's what happens. Here's the lead geese. Now, by the way, the devil will try to cook your goose. But anyway, all right, y'all flap your arms. And what they do when they communicate, y'all honk to her. Honk, honk, honk. So they're flying. And did you know that they can do way more flying like this than by themselves? The wind current hits them, and they're flying. Seriously, this is how it is. But here's what happens. Honk, honk. They, they communicate one another. And when this one gets tired, they'll go back, and somebody else will take the place. And they'll stay in this V formation. See, you look at them. They're still in the V formation. And they're flying. And they're flying. Honk, honk. Honk, honk. Now, it's, it seems kind of weird, but this is the way that they fly. The Canadian geese, this is the, the V formation. We have a V formation for victory tonight. But the, they're flying. And, and by the way, here's what happens. If one was to fall, say one fell, then a couple others would come and join that one. But y'all get back in the V formation. Not everybody. You're still getting this V formation. And they would stay with this one and help it until it either it dies 
or gets back and then they'll get back and going again. But they'll show compassion to the other geese. The church needs to be like that. We need to have harmony. We need to communicate one another. We need to love one another. So this is like the geese. Let's give them a hand, the geese. Y'all didn't know you had a bunch of geese at Waynesville. Amen. But it's very interesting that, that, that the church today, 20% of the people was doing all the work in the church. But people should work together. The 80% don't care what the other 20% does. But, but it's, it's a known fact that geese can do so much more when they cooperate when they fly. That we, to be together. And that's what I think the church needs to be. If one thing Waynesville would really need to be is we need to have unity. We need to be together. That don't mean we're always going to agree. Husband and wife, do you always agree? Nope. <laughs> Brother Wally said, no. <laughs> no way. <laughs> but everybody kind of thinks that. You get married, you think it's just going to be fine. And it's just, everything's going to go like that, but it's not the way it is. And as Alan Jackson says, welcome to the real world. But to be of one mind, that's the first thing I want us to look at. To be of one mind, we need to be like-minded. And we need to come together and we need to, to join together. That's what it says here in 1 Peter 3. It says, to be ye of one mind. We, the very first thing it says in verse 8 is to be of one mind. Well, all right, let's go to number 2. Not only to be of one mind, but also to be mutual, have a mutual interest. Number 2, and that, that's, notice what it says. It says, having compassion one of another. We need to be people that are compassionate. That word, for, when it talks about um, uh, 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 having a... a, a for one another, to, um, to love one another, uh, having uh, compassion. That word literally means to, to have compassion, but also to have a word called sympathy. We need to feel somebody else's sympathy. Right. See, when somebody passes away in the church, we should pray for that family. It should, we should long to help that family with food. And I'm thankful that I know somebody mentioned about food. I'm thankful that Waynesville does things like that. And call people and visit people. Because one day somebody in our family is going to pass away. And I already have, but we want people to be encouraging one to another. And, and I think that we sometimes are not sympathetic one with another. Well, they come to church, it really don't matter what happens in their life. It does if they're part of Waynesville uh, Missionary Baptist Church. We're one body in Christ here. And it should affect the whole church. We should, we should all be affected by what happens. We should all come together and be affected. In fact, Romans 12 and 15 talks about that. If, if you, it's, it's to suffer with one. And, and we need to realize that if somebody suffers, we need to suffer with them. If they rejoice, we need to rejoice with them. See what it says in Romans 12, 15? Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. We should be one-minded. We should have compassion one to another. I'm here to tell you that it should, it should touch our hearts when there's sickness or there's, uh, somebody passes away or even somebody gets out of the house of God, we should have compassion for those people. You see, when somebody joins uh, Waynesville Missionary Baptist Church, they're part of this family. And so th they reflect this family. And you say, well, it really don't matter what people does. It does matter. We need to be concerned one for another. And we need to have compassion. This is the second thing they said, to have a mutual interest. But let's look at number three. Let's go to number three. Then we also need to have a true companionship. That's what it goes on to say. It, say it says, finally be of one mind, having compassion, one of another. Love has brethren. Be pitiful, be courteous. Love, love has brethren. We, we should uh, uh, have a compassion one for another. We should care one for another. We should realize that God wants us to have a companionship. And by the way, when, when you have people in church, I know we have friendship, but we're brothers and sisters in Christ. We are close tonight. We, we're, we're not are we, uh, worshiping the Lord together, but we're going to spend forever in heaven together. 
And that there's a great compassion that comes with God's people. There's a great compassion to know that we are one, one in Jesus Christ, that God has blessed us. We should have compassion one to another. We should have affectionate friendship. That's, that's really what it means to really care about somebody. Uh, first uh, Peter uh, tells us in, in scriptures about that, about the, the fact that we, we care one another. In fact, if you look back at First Peter uh, chapter 1, verse 22, and it's on the screen. Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. We should, be, we should be serious about loving one another. Loving one another should be no joking matter. We should love one another. We should love them with love. In fact, the Bible says the golden rule is doing to others how you would have them doing to you. That's the golden rule. And, and lost people are watching the church and see how they act. And they said, well, if they can't get along with one another, I sure don't want to go down there. And I'm going to tell you about lost folks, they're looking for excuses. They're looking for reasons. They're trying to find every reason that, well, we can't be a part of that. But I'm telling you, we, we, we ought to have a love for one another. We should pray for one another. We should encourage one another. And, and I tell you, prayer covers a multitude of sin. Love does. We should love one another. And I tell you something. You say, well, there's somebody in the church I really just can't stand. Well, sit down for a while. Amen. But here's what I've learned is that when you pray for people that you can't get along with, all of a sudden you start having a different attitude. Because prayer changes things. And chair, prayer changes people. And it's hard to hate somebody that you're praying for. Lord, just bless these, even though I can't stand them. Lord, just bless them. You can't do that. Lord, bless these. Even though me and them can't get along, help me to do my part in getting along. Sometimes, the, hey, let's be honest. Sometimes the problem is me. It's me. It might be you. And we've got to get along one with another. We, we've got to have that uh, uh, true companionship, brotherly. You know, we, we need to have that brotherly love, you know, that we can love one another to, to have the love of Jesus Christ. And I think that sometimes we fail, uh, fall short of having that, that kind of love. But, I, you know, brotherly love, in fact, the word Philadelphia, the, you know, Philadelphia, we, the city of brotherly love, uh, that word literally means uh, brotherly love, to have love for one another. But then, then number four, let's look at number four. As we're going down the scripture, number four, number four is a heartfelt compassion. A heartfelt compassion. Me and you need to have a heartfelt compassion. In fact, the word that's is used is kind-hearted. That, that's, a, that's a compassion that's heartfelt, that's associated even with forgiveness. When you really have a true kind, and kindness one for another, God's going to bless that. I'm going to tell you that we, you know, we do so much in our life to try to look good on, on the outside. There ain't very much we can do sometimes with these old barns that we have. Amen. But I'm here to tell you we should be concerned with the inside. How are we on the inside? How is my attitude? And sometimes our attitude is not very good. But we need to be kind-hearted one to another. You say, why should I be that way? Because Jesus Christ was. He was kind-hearted. He loved people. One of the great things about Christ, and we could be here all night talking about the goodness of God, but he was long-suffering, and me and you need to be that way. Sometimes we, our nerves are very short, our last nerve, but we need to love one another. In fact, Ephesians 4.32 talks about the love and talks about to be kinder. And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted. And then it says something, those three words, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. That's a mouthful right there. 
That's a scripture full. You see, here's the thing is, all right, I don't want to forgive nobody. You, don't have a, you have a right not to forgive people, but you better never sin. You better never do wrong because then you want Christ to forgive you and forgive me. And if we don't forgive somebody else, how can, you know, how can we expect Christ to forgive us? We've got to have that spirit of forgive, uh, forgiving. In fact, it, it goes on to say in that scripture, in, in uh, verse number uh, 9, it talks about to have that, uh, and we'll get to that in a minute, but it says uh, not rendering evil for evil or, or railing for railing. In other words, we've got to, we, you can't be wanting to get people back. We've got to pay somebody back for what they've done. That's the world's way. That's the world's way. That's what God, you know, that's, that's the way that the world would have to do. But number five, let's, let's look at something before we look at retaliation. Number five is a spirit of humility. We need to have a spirit of humility. Me and you need to be humble tonight. The Bible said that Jesus was meek. We got to have, we got to have, and I think that's one of the problems we have is we think too, so much of ourselves that we forget about who we are in Jesus Christ. Now, I think we should, we should, be, we should rejoice tonight of what Christ has done in our life. But he's done that in other people's lives as well. He's done a miracle. I tell you, to me, salvation is a miracle. We talk about the miracles, and, and, and the Bible's full of them. We know that he healed the blind and the deaf and the dumb. We know that Lazarus was raised from the dead. We know that all that Jesus did. But to forgive somebody their sin is a truly a miracle because only God can do something like that. Only God has authority. Only God has the love and compassion to forgive people. So we need to have a spirit of humility. In fact, the Bible says in James... It says for us to humble, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. Now, being proud is not who God wants us to be. In fact, the Bible talks, there's some sins in the Bible. It lists about our, our pride. And there's um, talks about the seven sins or six sins in the scripture. And one of the first things it says is a proud, a proud look. We, we've got to be careful that we don't let pride come and interfere with our relationship with the Lord and with one another. I believe we should speak one to another. I think we shouldn't be so high-minded that we can't speak to one another. I see people sometimes that have an attitude that I'm better than you. Folks, God never intended for us to have that attitude. We're to be humble in the sight of the Lord. He says to be courteous to one another. In verse number 8, the last thing he says to have courteous, to be courteous. When I worked at Piggly Wiggly many, many years ago, many, many years ago, used to they called them bag boys. But at Piggly Wiggly, we were affectionately known as courtesy clerks. It's a glorified bag boy, amen. But a courtesy clerk, and, and, and of course you were to speak to people. I'm going to tell you something. A church is no different than anywhere else in this, this point. When you go to a business or you go somewhere, you want people to speak to you. You want people to act like that you're important. This should help be in God's house. Well, Brother Randy, we want visitors at Waynesville. Then show yourself friendly. That's what the scripture said. To have friends, you've got to show yourself friendly. And to have people visit. And I, and I want to encourage you, anytime you have visitors, make sure that you make a point of speaking to them. Let them know that you're glad that they're in the Lord's house. Because I believe this, that, that love is a mighty weapon that we as Christians overlook so many times. But love is a mighty, a, a, a mighty uh, different uh, 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 places that we can use this in, in forgiveness and love for the people and, and compassion and kindness. It's a multifaceted thing that we have that we can care for one another. So let's, let's, let's be humble on the side of the Lord. Let's realize that who we are but by the grace of God is who we are tonight. That you know what? I'm going to tell you something. Every one of us here and everybody throughout the world, if we got justice, we'll have a place called hell. So a lot of people, I want justice. I want, I want mercy. Amen. I want the mercy of the Lord. And let's have compassion 
one to another. Remember the two men that were praying, and one of them said, you know, oh, Lord, I'm glad I'm not like this one. Oh, he just went on. He just run him down. And the other one said, you know, Lord, have mercy on me. He barely could even lift his eyes up. Which one was more glorified inside the Lord is that one? Not the one that, I'm glad I ain't like them. And sometimes we have that attitude. But I'm here to tell you that the most vilest sinner, their sins have been covered by the same blood that Jesus covered our sins. He's the forgiver of sin. He's the cleanser of all unrighteousness. And we're to have that mindset and that attitude. So we're, we're to be, have a spirit of humility. And we're to love one another. And we're to care for one another and have compassion. And, and the fact is sometimes in society we, we don't practice this enough. And remember what the Bible said, he that's first shall be last and he that's last shall be first. That ain't the way we are many times. It's me, number one. I'm, I'm concerned about number one. God, that's not found in God's book, by the way. In fact, joy, if you want to have true joy, Jesus, others, yourself. That's true joy. Not all what I can get. It's all about me. <clears throat> I'm telling you, we, we'll be disappointed if we all focus about, about me. You know, we all, we all, it's an empty subject, you know. And everybody says, well, I'm a self-made man. Well, it's good that we take the blame for that because that's really what happens when it's all about me and you. So let's remember to have humility. But then let's go to number six. And that, that is a forgiven nature. Now, this is something we all need forgiveness. I don't know a person that don't need forgiveness. We all need to be forgiven. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. By the way, have you ever hurt anybody's feelings? Nope. They deserved it. Nope. That's not what I said. The fact is we've all had said and done things we should. That's when pride comes back. I just can't ask forgiveness. I'm going to ask you something. What's more important? Mine and your pride are to be right with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's to be right with Him. And sometimes we have to get off that high horse and umber ourselves before the Lord. And I believe there's times we have to ask somebody to forgive us. I believe that to be, and, and that happens in our life. We all, you know, sometimes we say and do things and we all kind of get carried away. You know, me and you, we get in, in the world that we live today, uh, trying to get somebody back, trying to get revenge on somebody, trying to get, you know, just, just to get them back. But in this scripture it said, uh, for us not to, not to rend an evil for evil in verse number 9. A railing for railing, but... but counterwise a blessing, knowing that you are uh, therefore called that you should inherit a blessing. I'm going to tell you that when you show love to somebody, God's going to bless that. When you have the love of Christ, God will bless that love that we have. In fact, there's a scripture that goes with that, uh, talking about showing love to one another. And, and this says in Proverbs, now this is a powerful scripture. If thine enemy be hungry, and by the way, it didn't say if your best friend or your brother and sister it says, if your enemy be hungry, what's he supposed to do? Give him bread to eat. And if he be thirsty, tell him to go take a long walk on a short pier. No. What does it say? Keep on going. Next 22. For thou shalt heap coals of fire upon his head, and the Lord shall reward thee. I tell you, don't we want the Lord to reward us? Amen. But then you forgive somebody, and you, you do good for somebody. And I'm going to tell you something. When you do that, you are doing what God would have you to do. And you'll be surprised that the conviction will come upon somebody when you obey the Spirit of the Lord. Me and you cannot convict one soul. We can't change one heart, but God can. And somebody that treats you like dirt, but you still love them in Jesus Christ, don't tell me that God ain't going to bless that because He will bless that. When you show the love of Christ, when you show love, and by the way, love don't have to be deserved. Well, we all need love. 
It don't matter what somebody's done, and I don't care how bad they treat you. Well, Brother Andy, I got somebody that works for me that it's just unbearable to be with them. Well, ask God to make it bearable. Ask God to give you strength. One of the great examples that I remember is a man by the name of Joseph found in the Old Testament. To me, Joseph was a great example of Christ. He was sold into slavery by his brothers. Okay, it's, it's just, you know, and by the way, Jesus was sold, was given into, in, in, uh, uh, to, uh, to, by Judas 30 pieces of silver. We know what happened there. But here is Joseph, this man Joseph. And, and you know what happened? God blessed him. He went literally from the pit to prison to the palace. And God blessed him every step of the way. But you know what he did when he had opportunity with his brothers? He showed compassion. Now, there again, if me and you would have let him have it, but he saw the goodness of God. Y'all meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. That's how God works things out. Sometimes we don't have a, a, a road to, or the road to heaven is not so smooth and, and without problems or bumps. Sometimes there are bumps and trials on the road to heaven. But God is the one that's navigating us and directing us. And Joseph is a good example that he still showed love. Stephen, when he was being killed, the Bible said, said you know, forgive them. The same, just like being Christ-like. Forgive them. Jesus Christ, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. So I'm here to tell you that, that we're to have love for people that are sometimes unlovable. And these people that we think, and you know, we preached about hell Sunday morning. Nobody, even our worst enemy, we don't want to see them die and go to hell. It's a terrible place. But you know what? we got to show love. The church needs to be a place of love where, Brother Andy, people do wrong. I tell you, we've all done wrong. And even after we get saved, sometimes we act like we don't know Jesus, to be honest. But we're to have a love and compassion for people because the best way to get somebody right with the Lord is to treat them right in Jesus Christ. Treat them. Do not shun them. Don't, don't run them down. Don't, you know, you know, don't do things that the world would do. You show the love of Christ. Galatians chapter 6. I like that scripture when it talks about if a brother be overtaken in a fault, ye that are spiritual, go and restore that one. It's for us to try to help somebody. I tell you, it's easy to tear somebody down, but it's harder to try to help build them up. And we're to do that. We, we are to have a forgiving nature, me and you. But then let's go to the next point. Number seven, this is a heart. This is hard, right here. The more, one of the most deadliest weapons known to man is our tongue. Sometimes we need a, we need a uh, permit to, kill, uh, to carry that concealed weapon called the tongue. And the Bible said it can be as a fire or it can bring forth a blessing. That tongue, a little member, but a tongue. In fact, I heard Jerry Vines preach one time. He said that he was preaching through the book of uh, 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 James. They said, somebody come down there, and, and, and they said, we'd like to put our uh, tongue on the altar. He said, sister, the altar ain't very big, but you go ahead and try to put your tongue on there. Go ahead. But that tongue is a very dangerous thing. That tongue is something that either can bring a blessing or can bring a curse. Me and you need to be careful what we do with our tongue. In fact, it goes on to say this about the tongue. It goes on to, to mention this um, in, in the Scripture. When you, when you look on down, uh, into verse uh, number 10. It says, For he that will uh, love uh, uh, life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Meaning you need to be careful what we say. And, and I started to do it and I, I forgot to bring. I, I, if you notice, I like doing illustrations. I hadn't done a whole lot here, but I love to do illustrations because I think we can see things really good as well as hear things. But tonight, if I brought some, uh, uh, some toothpaste, if I brought... Uh, you know, a tube of toothpaste, and I hand it to Brother Wally and said, Brother Wally, I want you to take this toothpaste out. 
and he squeezed it with that strength that he has and took all that toothpaste out. Then I said, Brother Wally, I want you to put that toothpaste back in there. It's a little bit different to put it back in and take it out. That's how it is with words. We must be careful with the words that we say. We must be careful. And you say, well, it really don't matter what we say. Yes, it is. Because we'll give account of what we say. Our lips and our words tonight speak volumes. You'll be surprised. In fact, let's look at a scripture that goes with this. And it says this in, verse, in Ephesians 4.29. Now notice what it says. It says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. But that which is good to the use of the edifying, which means building up, that it may minister what? Grace unto the hearers. Did you realize tonight corrupt communication? How about filthy jokes? Brother Randy, we, 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 we want somebody to laugh at something filthy. You, you, gotta, you, you can tell a clean joke. You ain't got to tell a filthy joke. But Brother Randy, we got to use cuss words to try to win the lost people. No, you ain't going to win nobody to the Lord if you act like the lost people. Well, we got, we, we got to use some, some, some choice words. No, I'm telling you what, we've got to refrain from things like that. Our mouth needs to be done for the use of the Lord Jesus Christ. Instead of these vain words or these corrupt words, we need to say praise the Lord and hallelujah. We need to use it to testify of the goodness of God. And I'm going to tell you something. You'd be surprised when you go somewhere. And I've heard people at ball games, by the way. I used to coach softball, and I've liked, I've liked sports throughout my life. But I've seen people say and do things at a ball game that hurt their testimony so much. You've got to be careful what you say. You've got to be careful. You've got to be careful that your walk with life goes with the talk that you have. Are you walking with the Lord? Are you talking with the Lord? Do you represent Jesus Christ in everything that we say and do? Tonight, we've got to be careful that our tongue can be a good thing or it can be a bad thing. And, and we need to make sure that the world hears us. And just like when they see us out here in the world, they need to make sure that they hear us saying things. If we go around saying, well, I'm going to tell you, Waynesville Missionary Baptist Church is the worst church there is. They've got some of the sorriest members that there is. Now, I'm going to tell you something. You think people's going to want to come to a church like that? First of all, they're going to look at you and say, what kind of person are you? Are you part of the problem or are you a solution? Probably most likely we're part of the problem. So we've got to be careful what we say out there. I think a church should not go around and, and run one another down. In fact, I'm going to tell you what we should do. When God's blessing, we don't say, boy, I had a good service last night. Or yesterday, God blessed. Somebody got saved, and let's tell the world that. But instead, we want to talk about the negative. I tell you, if you look in every one of our lives tonight, there's a lot of negative. But there's one that you'll never find negative, and his name is Jesus Christ. And he is the author. He's the, uh, he's the author and the finisher of our faith. He's the head of the church. And, then, and we got to understand that the church belongs to him. Even though we think of Waynesville Missionary Baptist Church as just being a little old place out here in Waynesville, I'm going to tell you, it's part of the kingdom of God. Amen. And the Bible said, Upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. And me and you need to be careful what we say about the church of the living God. And not just this church, but other churches. We've got to always remember that people are trying to serve the Lord, and we try to encourage them. Now, let me say that there's some cults out there. There's some people that are not following in the doctrine of Jesus Christ, and we've got to call it what the Bible says. We know that you can't work your way to heaven. We know that you cannot be baptized for somebody else. We know that they can't get to heaven because somebody was baptized for you. We know that you can do a lot of visiting and do a lot of reaching out to people, but unless you've got the right doctrine and you have the right Savior, all that's in vain tonight. So there is times that we need to make sure we stand up for the right doctrine. But let's, let's be careful what our mouth does. In fact, I'm going to look at uh, Psalm 34. And this is, 
this scripture goes with this. In fact, I'm going to take time to look at this. And this is amazing to me that Psalm 34, I'm going to look at this scripture. This scripture, when we read it, goes along with this scripture that we're reading here tonight. In fact, we want to cover that. But Psalm 34, verse 12 says, What man is he that desireth life and loveth many days, that he may see good? In fact, we were fixing to read that. Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. From the Old Testament into the New Testament. Depart from evil and good. Seek peace and pursue it. Now, and that, there again, if people say the Old Testament don't have nothing to do, it's relevant tonight. It all works together. It's like peanut butter and jelly. Amen. It goes together. But no, tonight that's to say, well, that, you know, we got to get, get rid of that, that, that Old Testament. No, we don't. We need, to, we need to put it into practice as well. We know that the New Testament, uh, these are fulfilled in the Word of God. But I don't like to hear people say, well, the Old Testament, it's, it's not relevant for the day's time. It is. We just read scripture that goes right along with the New Testament. So we need to make sure that we have a controlled tongue. Is your tongue controlled or not? Or does it get away from us? Be careful that we keep our tongue and that we make sure uh, and that we use our tongue for the right way. Things like gossip. And by the way, I've heard a lot of people say, I don't repeat gossip. You better listen close the first time. Right? But we make sure that we, we got to be careful. And I'll tell you something. If you're telling somebody else gossip, they're telling you, they might be talking about you as well. But you've got to be careful. There was, there was a man one time that was in the hospital. And, and he was way up there about the, about the tent floor. And somebody come to see him that just got saved but had run their mouth about and, and started rumors about this man. And he went up to the hospital and went to the room. He said, will you forgive me uh, of spreading rumors about you? I'm sorry. Will you forgive me in Christ? And the man said, I'll forgive you, but I want you to do something. He said, what? And he handed him a pillow. He said, I want you to cut that pillow open and throw those feathers outside and then go down and pick up every one of them. He said, that's impossible. He said, that's what happens when you start rumors on people. And I'm here to tell you that people will start rumors on you. We've got to make sure that we don't follow after gossip or backbiting, but we say the things that are pleasing to God. Why don't we say things that are pleasing? Like we see somebody say, I love you. That's going to be encouraging. How many times we say stuff like, I don't care? Or I hate you, or you know, or you know, you're ugly, and all these things. And let me say that I hear people say, "Well, words don't matter. Words do matter." Well, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's a lie from the devil. We're to say things that's pleasing in God's sight. Married couples, you, you need to encourage one another in what you say and what you do. And and, and the church, we we're we're the bride of Christ. We need to do the same principle. We need to make sure that we say things and encourage one another. Here's something that we don't realize. We've come in here tonight on a Wednesday night, and I look at you tonight, and you look at me, but here's something we don't know is what we've all been through today. We don't know what's happened. I heard a man say one time that either you are going in a storm or you're in a storm or you're coming out of a storm. So here's the thing. We don't know what people has went through, but we're to show compassion and kindness to them with the very way that you speak. Make sure that we say the things that are pleasing in God's sight. Make sure that we speak things that are pleasing. And by the, word, by the way, the Bible says, the Bible said that we will give account of every idle word. Did you know that's what the scripture said? We will give account of every idle word. So let's make sure that we have a good language, love language, one to another. But then number eight, let's look at number eight, a life of purity. A life of purity. And by the way, we just read some scripture that's going to, coincide with this but look what the Bible says in that scripture on three there uh, 
it talks about uh, loving one another. In verse number 11, let, let him screw evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. We've got to make sure that we have a, a life of purity to do the things that God would have us do, to avoid evil, to avoid those things of evil. And don't, you know, don't hang around them and do those things. Make sure. And by the way, you can be a blessing to somebody lost, but that don't mean you have to participate in what they do. See, you don't have to go out there and sin. I know people say, well, to win the lost, you've got to dress like them. You've got to act like them. No, you don't. We're peculiar people. And by the way, I've known a lot of peculiar people in my life. But we're peculiar people. We're to be different today. I remember a time. Y'all remember this? I remember a time that people, when they got saved, they dressed different and they looked different and acted different than other people. I remember people that, that, that when they got saved, the way they looked was different than other people. Now, let me say this. I think that we should follow after the way of Jesus Christ. I think a Christian should be a Christian in here and out there. I think we should dress like a Christian. We should talk like a Christian. And we should act like Christians. Sometimes people ask me, and they've asked me, even when I've been at Waynesville, they'll say, Brother Ray, we ain't got very nice clothes to wear. I'm going to tell you, it's not how fancy you dress to come to God's house. But I think we need to be decent and in order. But I don't mean that we have to, you know, just you know, dress up, have a three-piece suit and go out and just buy a, some kind of expensive outfit. I believe, you know, the fact is that what we wear a lot of times is a reflection of what's on the inside. We can be modest, but you know what? We don't have to be fancy and just we got all these fancy clothes. Our heart needs to be in tune with God. We need to make sure that we have a life of purity. Peter, he's exhorting one another to have a holy living. The Bible said, be ye holy for I'm holy, what Jesus said. And I know that word holy. You know, when I grew up, I grew up and I heard people talking about the holiness. And that was a denomination. In fact, today you still talk, people still talking about the holiness. You know what? We all should be holiness. We all should be holy in the Lord. We all should act like that we've been with Jesus. And you know what? You need to cast aside every weight. There's a scripture that talks about that, uh, casting aside every weight when you're running in the race of life. And it, it talks about in Hebrews uh, uh, chapter 12, when you're running that race to cast aside those things. And here it is. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Now, look what it said. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us let us run with what? Patience. The race that's set before us. Now, I want you to know something very interesting. When it says every weight, a weight will burden you down. And here's what some people do. They've been saved, and the devil cannot, cannot cause them to be lost, but he can cause them to try to remember about their old sins. I'm here to tell you, if they're under the blood of Jesus Christ, they're forgiven in Christ. And then we're worried about sins in the future. Well, what's going to happen? I'm here to tell you that we need to lay aside those weights that easily beset us. Me and you are running this race. Now, very interesting. Here's what I love about running the race for the Lord. I'm running this race. It's 57 years old. Here's Brother Wally running this race. He's a little bit older, and he probably can outrun me, probably. But in some of the older ones here tonight, some of you probably got more energy than some of us do, younger ones. But we're all running this race tonight. We're all running this race, and we're in this race. One day we're going to finish this race, but we're in this race together. And we need to make sure that we're going in the right direction. We need to make sure. Many years ago, there was, a, there was playing football, and there was a, a man by the name of Jim Marshall that played for the Minnesota Vikings. And they had a fumble. And Jim Marshall picked up the fumble, and he ran it all the way down the field. But he ran in the wrong direction. He ran all the way and scored, but not for them, but for somebody the other team. 
And by the way, later on, he became a uh, Supreme Court of Minnesota, I think, on the Supreme... I thought, that's pretty good. The fellow didn't know what direction to go. He ended up on the Supreme Court of Minnesota. But, but you got to make sure that you're going in the right direction. I know the world says, go this way, go that way, go this way, come this way, go that way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He's the way. I promise you, when he points the way, he's not going to point in the wrong direction. He is the way. He's the way. So there is a life of purity. And then lastly, there is a peaceful uh, 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 disposition. There's a peaceful disposition. Verse 11 says this. And, and it says, let him through evil and do good. And let him seek what? Peace and ensue it. Make sure that we're seeking after the things of God. I think we should not have no controversy. I don't believe we should come. And by the way, sometimes we're the most active people, but we're doing the wrong activity. You know that? We jump to conclusions. We bend over backwards. We run around in circles. We stick, out, stick our neck out. We go out on a limb, and we have a leap of faith. We're doing a lot of things, but sometimes we're not doing the right things. But make sure that we're seeking after the things of God, a peaceful disposition. You know what? We, we, Christians sometimes can be some of the most hardest people to get along with. But instead of seeking after peace, we often try to get conflict. <clears throat> sometimes in churches, people want to have conflict. I'm going to tell you, the Bible said that God is not the author of confusion. If there is confusion in the church, it did not come from God. If, if people are trying to do their will instead of God's will, it will not work. We've got to seek Him. There's a perfect will, and you know who has that perfect will? It's God. And I believe that we've got to have peace with one another. And we'll sing songs sometimes. We'll, we'll downright lie. You know, we have peace and goodwill on earth. And we, we sing songs, and especially around Christmas, we get that warm, fuzzy feeling. And we'll we, we sing, Oh, how I love Jesus. We can't stand our, our spouses or people we work with. Amen. And we'll sing a song, and we'll make it sound like we just love everybody. I'm here to tell you that true love comes from your relationship with Jesus Christ. And the church is full of people that sometimes it's hard to get along with, sometimes have different ideals, but we're one body in Jesus Christ. You and me did not do the saving, Jesus did. We didn't have a choice. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. Whether or not we like it, we're all in the family of God. We're in the body of Christ. And we might not be but a little toe, but we're still in the body of Christ. And we come together and we seek after peace. We should try to get along with one another. As much, the Bible says is, as much as you have opportunity for us to, 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 you know, to get along with one another, to, you know, have the opportunity to, to, to get along with people, especially those of the household of faith. The world is watching the church tonight. They want to see how the church acts. Then people can't get along. They're feuding and fight, feud, uh, fight with one another. It's like the Hatfields and McCoys. But you know what? And I know there's times we will have disagreement. We all know that. But let's do it in a way that's pleasing in God's sight. A business meet, meeting should not turn into World War III. Amen. It should be a time that we come together and be who God wants me. Well, we all got different ideas, but we all, that's the way it is. It's just the way it is. We all have different ideas. I, we were talking somebody the other day, somebody, uh, a couple been dating for a long time, and they said that they just had a first argument, which I don't believe that because they've been dating for a good while. But they had an argument. What kind of truck it was ahead of them? Was it a Ford or was it a Dodge, Chevrolet or Dodge? And I'm thinking, if, they, if they've only argued about something like that, they, they sure ain't got much to argue about. But I, And I had a... A preacher told me recently, he said, him and his wife never have any disagreements. I thought, and the Bible says you shouldn't lie either. Amen. One fellow said that him and his wife never go to bed mad with each other. He said, there's about a week I didn't get no sleep, but we didn't go to bed mad at each other. 
But we know that there'll be some differences among people. And I don't expect everybody at Waynesville to look alike and act alike. That'd be kind of boring, wouldn't it? But what I expect us to do is to love Jesus Christ with all our heart, mind, and soul. When those people in Acts chapter 2 got together, great things happened because they was in one mind and one accord. And by the way, I ain't talking about a vehicle accord. I'm talking about we got to be in one accord. We got to get along. And we've got to have a mindset that no matter what, we've got to have a mindset that we're going to follow after Jesus Christ. There was a church one time I read about a man that he they, they was talking about cutting a tree down. Now, this actually, I think, happened. And he was, he was just so against, we ain't going to cut this tree down. And, and he just thought, you know, we ain't going to cut it. And they had a meeting. They voted to cut the tree down. And the day it come to cut the tree down, the man was there. And they said, what are you doing here? You don't want it cut down. He said, if the church wanted it down, then that's what we should do. We should be in one mind and one accord. Now, let me say very quickly on this, that don't mean that we're to change doctrine. If somebody comes and says, well, there's another way to be saved, we ought to stand up against that. We should never, we should never compromise doctrine to get along with one another. But if it's something that's not going to matter to a hill of beans, don't let it become a big old, a big old plant. Don't let it happen. Just, just know that we can come together in Jesus Christ. It says in that scripture to seek after peace. In fact, I want to look at a couple of scriptures in closing. Now, we need to be like Jesus Christ. So I, we want to look at Isaiah. Now, now, remember what I said? Now, this is a Christmas scripture, but this is a scripture for us tonight. For to, unto us a child is born. Who is that child? Unto us a son is given. Who is that? And the government shall be upon whose shoulders? And whose name? Shall be called Counselor. The mighty God, everlasting Father. And how about this last part? So we're going to be the troublemakers. And our Father's the Prince of Peace. Ain't that something? Now, we used to be liars, and our Father was the father of all lies, Satan. But we changed. When we got born again, we changed. It says that he's the Prince of Peace. So I believe if he's the Prince of Peace, he wants us to be peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers, Right? We need to have peace one with another. Brother Randy, I, it's hard for me, you know, sometimes, it, and by the way, if you swallow your pride, it ain't going to cause you to have bad indigestion, by the way. There's times that we need to swallow our pride. There's times that we need to make sure we do God's will and let God be God. But then one last scripture, we're going to read on this, Colossians 3. And let the what? The peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called where? In one body. And what be ye thankful? Let me ask you a question. First of all, are you thankful for the Lord Jesus Christ? Amen. Are you thankful that He saved you? Are you thankful that He redeemed you? Are you thankful for the people here at Waynesville Missionary Baptist Church? If I would say you're thankful for the interim pastor, somebody say, oh, me. I'm going to ask you that question. But, but the fact is we're to be, we're be in one mind and one accord and love one another. He's the author of the church. He put us here. And by the way, this is what I believe about any church. If God leads you to join that church, you need to do what God leads you to. And if he led you to join this church, he's got a purpose for you at this church. And it's to work together. And by the way, in that scripture when it said rule in your hearts, that word rule in Colossians 3, that word rule, you know what it means? Some of us sports, people like sports, it means to umpire. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Umpire. And either ball or strike. We call them like we see them. Half time the umpire is not even looking, Right? But God is always looking. And the peace of God rule in your hearts. God calls it like it is, and he sees it like it is. 
May we have peace one with another. If we can do these things tonight, if we can follow those, those eight areas that we've talked about tonight, then I believe God will bless us. Let's be mature Christians at Waynesville Missionary Baptist Church. Let's be people that love the Lord and love one another.